Hey, it's Casey, and guys, I don't even know what day of the week it is. I'm Ryan, and tonight we're going to find out just how much Matt loves Brandon Bean. Spoiler alert, it's a lot. Maybe too much? Probably. All right, welcome back in. Just another football show. No, you're not gonna yeah. do it. I, I paused. I wondered if I'm Ryan was gonna do gonna, it. No, I'm not no. gonna make. Some, I'm. I'm not gonna make some weird Howard Dean noise. That's fine. Or, That's fine. You did once. It was oh, in an yeah. open. It was in an open. But, uh, yeah. If you didn't pick it up, Jam's not here. He's on vacation. Uh, me and Ryan are going on vacation next week. Not this, together. Separately. No, separately. Uh, <laughs> separately. Definitely separately. <laughs> no, we're not taking a vacation. Uh, I don't want to say separate Jam. or like opposite directions, but um, I'm going much further away than Ryan is. But uh, so we're we're doing a lot of recording this week as as things busy, are going on. Uh, and by this week, I mean like a week ago as you're listening to this. Yeah. Uh, it is currently uh, the 26th of July, late in the evening. And uh, we, I, as this goes, have already talked to the two fans that we're about to talk to. If I you're want to completely burn the burn the curtain down and just show you what's going on. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just want to be completely honest with you guys on how this worked out. We we have two really good interviews coming your way. Yeah. Like I don't want to dissuade anything. Um, if anything crazy has happened with these two teams, we will definitely be touching on it come the time that we come back here in about a week or so. Um, but we're we're just sort of hammering out these interviews, talking teams, because I don't know that a whole lot with a lot of these teams is going to change. Uh, we did talk a little Aaron Rodgers uh, about a week ago. It went up on Facebook. Uh, you know, I think that that situation sort of stomped itself out. So we, it's, we it's talked about that. It's self-contained and it doesn't, hasn't really leached into any of the stuff here. Exactly. So, uh, we're going to, we're, we're just going to, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk Jets and we're going to talk Bills. Yes. And two, two, two super fans. Really good interviews. This, this episode's going to be probably a little longer than some of these other ones with the, with the fan interviews, but, uh, we got Jets fan Alex back on, uh, not only, I, I, and I, I alluded to it when we talked to him. Uh, that the last time we talked to him was two years ago. It is still the highest downloaded podcast that we Jets have. Fans show up. He runs the uh, the the largest Jets group on Facebook. He pushed it out there, got people to download and listen, and we very much appreciate it. And put throw the gauntlet down to other fans that come on the show. If you guys can top it, uh, please do. <laughs> I mean, for my own self interest, please. Um, and I, I messaged him just last night, and turns out he was uh, he was at the draft made the Jets 14th overall pick. Like, didn't know any of this yeah. when I messaged him and was trying to get him on. So uh, some some good stuff coming from him. And then uh, Bill's fan, Matt, is just always He's a, a staple time. around these He's guys. a staple. We can't really go anywhere else. I do know a few other Bill's fans can't do it. that I would like to talk to. Can't I just can't. Like, unless I did, like, a double Bill's episode, there's just nothing else I, I can do. I feel like cheating. It really would. Oh, we tried to cheat on him once. Didn't work. And, and he, he came back. He, he showed out for us and did an interview on a phone outside of a pizza ranch. So, uh, Bill, uh, Bill's fan, Matt, is a staple around here. He's got to be the guy that we go to unless he can't get to us. But uh, he's always willing to work uh, work around and get us done. So, um, those two interviews coming your way, like I said, these were recorded a little while ago. But, 
I think 99% of the stuff in these interviews is, is 100% relevant. And uh, if anything changes, we will absolutely yep. talk about it. And if something's crazy relevant, we will try to get these guys back <laughs> on the phone and talk to them. Uh, if after it gets wild, vacation mode, I, like, I'm kind of I'll root for chaos. I always root for chaos. Oh, so. you always root for chaos. You yeah. should always root for chaos. Um, so 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 do that. But uh, I, I just don't foresee it. I think these are all safe teams to talk about, and I, and I think we're okay. So. Uh, we're gonna throw it now. We're gonna we're gonna get a hold of uh, Jets fan Alex. He's a he's a great guy. Has a, a couple really good stories coming for us. Hope you guys stick around. I hope that the uh, the timeline weird thing doesn't doesn't uh, dissuade you from from hanging out. Um, it's it the, I, I I promise these next two interviews yeah. are are some. I mean we are at this point not quite halfway, but they're some of the best ones we've done yet. No disrespect to anyone else we've had on, but <laughs> no, no. Uh, these guys are just a different level. They always, especially Matt, he's always a different level of, of fan. Enjoy yeah. the little banter with him. So uh, we're, we're going to, if we're, you're worried about the timeline, just imagine that, you know, Thanos did the snap and we had to go back using go. some pin particles and grab the infinity stones and reset the timeline. Just you know, that. and if, and if you're into that kind of shit, make sure you're checking out just another movie show. Cause we are on top of all of the, the Marvel stuff and all the movie stuff. So I'll, I'll take the shameless plug where I can get it. All right, let's, uh, let's throw on over to, uh, to Jets fan Alex right now. All right. So now we're going to welcome on Jets fan Alex. Alex, it's been a couple seasons, but I wanted, I wanted to personally let you know. That you, your episode that you were on with us is still the most downloaded episode that we have. So you've got some pull there in the Jets community, I feel like. That's, uh, is that fair? Is that fair enough to say? Wow. I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. Shout out to Jets fans. Yeah, right? It's, it. I, we, I, we wanted to get you on last year. We had some scheduling conflicts and didn't get it done. Uh, but we knew we had to go back to you. And I messaged you yesterday. And turns out you're a you're a superstar now, man. You're out there announcing picks for the Jets. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was definitely an epic time. Uh, really didn't expect it. Got a call from the Jets to head out to uh, the draft this year, and uh, got tapped to go up on stage, sit in the commissioner's chair, hang out with the commissioner for a bit, and make our number two. Oh, our, I'm sorry, our number fourteen overall pick. And uh, was up on stage for a little while in front of 50,000 fans <laughs> in Cleveland. And I don't know how many millions were watching on TV, but it was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, you sent me all those pictures. I was like, mind blown. I was like, wow, like this guy already lit it up for us once. And all of a sudden, now he's out here making picks. Like, <laughs> you are you are something to behold. I hear you're going to camp this weekend. It's, uh, we tried to push things off to this weekend, but you're busy. And I uh, saw the pictures of the old Jets mobile there. You, uh, you're putting in work, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't take time off from being a Jet fan. I'm a Jet <laughs> fan 24/7. So the the pain is definitely real. Um, you know, that that bus can't can't handle sitting a, an entire offseason like last year. There was some yeah. uh, some overhaul overhaul going on, a little paint. Uh took it to to the uh car actually a hand car wash cuz it obviously won't fit in a car wash the <laughs> yep. other day. And uh, the, the the stuff that came off of the exterior it was pretty crazy. <laughs> so I, I guess if we're gonna we're gonna start talking about the team, we gotta we gotta just go quarterback first. That's yeah that's the I, thing. I gotta I guess like the the most obvious thing is Sam Darnold's out, traded to the Panthers, and now Zach Wilson is the guy. So uh, Alex, have you watched any Zach Wilson? I'm sure you have. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Zach Wilson being the starting quarterback day one for your Jets? 
So, first of all, I've got to admit I was a Sam Darnold guy. When he dropped to us, I was at the draft party, and uh, I was pretty high on him, as was just about everybody who's since gotten off the ship, I might add. (laughs) I don't remember many analysts, if any at all, really having a bad thing to say about him. I feel for the kid. He's only 23 years old. He's very well grounded. Um, I don't think that he was supported uh, properly throughout his his time here. He had multiple systems he had to get used to. Um, Round robin, uh, wide receivers, um, coaches, uh, you know. So he went through a tremendous amount. I wish him all the luck in the world. You know, I understand the primary reason for for trading him was really to reset the cap on the quarterback position, which if you look at Joe Douglas, that's kind of his M.O. And, you know, we got um, uh, we picked up or we drafted uh, Wilson. I think he he's going to be able to play well. You know, he's just got to stay away from the injury bug. And um, seems like Joe Douglas is building an epic line for him to protect. So. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You have that line. Let's face it. You and me can go out there and play Jets quarterback, right? You know, they won't get hands on him. Uh, He won't get roughed up. Um, I I had the privilege of being up and close with him on several occasions. I don't know if, you know, most of the Jets went to the New York Islanders playoff games this Mm -hmm. year. So I had an opportunity to meet uh, Zach and our new head coach and a couple of the other players. And he's not a a a, a, uh, a huge kid. He's skinny. He's tall. Um, I'm hearing good things out of camp. Obviously, you know, fans haven't been allowed to go to camp yet. So I'm I'm really 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 excited to see him this weekend. But I got to tell you, with my luck, <laughs> he won't he won't have signed his contract and won't be there. And the same thing happened with Sam. So you know, hopefully, fans don't panic. It's it's a language issue in the contract that's mm-hmm. going on right now. I'm sure he'll sign, especially because the Jets don't have any veteran backup quarterbacks in camp. But, you know, not to worry. Zach will be there in short order. I'm sure he wants to get there and, and, and be with his teammates as much as they want him there. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's a new page. Um, I think what Joe Douglas did is just got, you know, scraped right down to the absolute, ra- you know, uh, floorboards. Uh, in the Jets, as the far, you know, I mean, the only two really star remaining players are uh, who Marcus May. Um, we've got Mosley, who's coming back. Who knows what the story is going to be with that? You know, hopefully he'll pick up right where he left off and be a game changer. You know, so the future is bright. Um, you know, the kid, the kid has got everything to, to play for, to shoot for. He's in New York. You know, if this kid lights it up, he's got the world at his feet. You know, I'm, I'm pulling for him. I, I, I really am. You know, it's sad to have seen Sam go, but at the end of the day, moving on, you know, I think the fans are in for a treat with Wilson. Again, just stay away from the injury bug, and I think we're good. Yeah, Wilson plays a very exciting brand of football. That's what was going on out there out, out west in BYU. Uh, you know, slinging the ball around, making a lot of uh, kind of off-script plays, uh, you know, running and chucking it. That Very, very fun to watch. Uh, hopefully he can get that uh, a little bit of that going here. Um, you mentioned a couple of things there. I want to I want to uh, circle back to you. Did say that you got a chance to to meet Robert Sala, the new head coach of the uh, of the Jets. There, uh, how do you feel about him taking over? Adam Gase, the the whole tenure there was kind of marred with uh, issues, and and you know always everything every week was kind of 
uh, heaped on Adam Gates. And I know that New York media kind of uh, gave him a little bit there too. But how do you feel about Robert Sala being the guy there now? So let me go back a little bit and talk for a second or two about Adam Gaze and the mm-hmm. disgusting hire that that was that no <laughs> Jet fan, no Jet fan ever, ever was positive on. That all checks out. Yeah, that sounds right. The, all all people had to, or the one person, I shall remain nameless, who actually made the hire, all that had to be done was, hey, Miami Dolphins, tell me a little bit about this guy. And that would have been the end of the interview. That would have been the end of the hire right there. It wouldn't have even gotten to the hiring stage. He 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 just absolutely destroyed this fan base with his ways. Let's just say that. He, had a, he has a system in his head that he doesn't let anybody know about that the players can't play. He didn't have the players to play the system that was in his head. You know, and week after week, it was the same, same, same. So anyway, thank God. Anybody, including you and me, that took the next head coaching job of the New York Jets would be applauded by everybody. Needless to say, I think Salah is a good hire. I think he's a solid hire. I think he brings the energy. All gas, no break, right? Here we go. So I think he's a player's coach. I think he's he's going to be tough where he needs to be. I think he's invested. And that's that's a lot to say, being that, you know, he hasn't even coached a game yet. So at the end of the day, he just gives off an aura that I can't explain. A, 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 an aura of success, I guess. Yeah. That I think that the players are going to um, admire and, and want to play for him. I think he's the kind of coach that will go that players will go through walls for, which is a lot to say. <laughs> so, you know, whereas Gaze was the coach that players run away from the walls that he points to go through that wall for me. No, I'm going the other way. See you coach. I'm out. So I think it's, it's a a total change in culture. I think JD did a good job in his culture change um, process or mentality. And I think Salah blends right into that. I think we've got the guy and, and with JD, the guys that can finally guide this team to, I don't want to say the promised land, but I will say um, consistent playoffs, consistent com- competition. Every I don't see us getting blown out with them in charge. I don't see us getting embarrassed with them in charge. I think the moves that they make are smart, are calculated. Um, I, I do think that JD is a little on the cheap side because he's got a lot of money to spend and doesn't spend a lot. But at the end of the day, if he builds it right, that's all that matters. And he's probably so going to have a lot Jets more fans, next year to spend. Yeah, he's going to. I think that, and, and we have a ton of. Maybe that's what we're picks. building towards. We have a ton of high-level picks next year, too. Yeah. So, look, you know, I'm sorry, Jet fans. I don't think that this is our year. I'm a realist. I, I, I think around five to seven wins. If we get to seven, that's a stretch. I don't think there's a hope for playoffs this year. But next year, you know, we put the pedal down. We add those uh, multiple high-level picks to to the to the team, and I I seriously think they have a legit shot next year without even knowing who those picks are of of making the playoffs. You know, yeah. you get to nine and you're probably in. So if you get to five to seven games won this year, that's a huge huge uh, improvement from two and fourteen. 
and then next year you've got the stepping stone to get in. Yeah, and and I I do uh, appreciate you giving Joe Douglas the credit there because I think he had a good draft last year and a, a pretty darn good draft this year. Uh, obviously, the the Elijah Vera Tucker pick, your your guy there. Uh, you know that that's a, that's a huge get. A- adding him right next to or adding him on the line with Makai Becton after last year. Th- th- that's a big improvement. That's going to help Zach Wilson. I bet Sam Darnold is looking at that pick and crying a little bit, but that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, but the pick I really like is the second round getting Elijah Moore, the wide receiver out of uh, Ole Miss. Fantastic guys, uh, uh, very um, speedy guy, elusive. I think he's just going to add a dimension to this team that uh, they don't really have right now. I, I like some of the wide receivers. I like the addition to Corey Davis, but they do not really have a guy like Elijah Moore. How do you feel about um, these first few picks in the draft? Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm a big Jersey guy, you know, and when I go to camp, I, I watch, I study the players, and I, I usually buy some jerseys and love to get them autographed from my collection. I have a big Jets man cave at home, so I add to the collection. And obviously, if you're a Jet fan, you know that you buy a jersey, the player's gone. So <laughs> that's generally how we've been working, you know, so if you want to be safe, either get your own name on the jersey or get a get a guy like Curtis Martin or Wayne Corbett or... Klecko or Namath, and then, and then you're good, right? Not me. So I went out there and I bought a Wilson jersey. Okay. I bought a Tucker jersey. I bought a Moore jersey and a Becton jersey. Hell yeah. So if these guys aren't around <laughs> for the next five years, we got some serious problems. I think Moore adds a dynamic, as you said, that the Jets didn't have. Um, I think he's going to be a big playmaker and a big force in their offense this year. I'm excited to see him at camp and then obviously in games, um, you know, but they have to take the pressure off of him too. And you mentioned the wide receiver class. That's where my concern comes in. I'm, I'm definitely in the show me what's going on here mode, um, you know, and, and the running backs are, are going to be a part of that too. They've got to take pressure off Wilson and have a good running game. And those are some question marks that I have, you know, and I want to see when I'm at camp and, and, you know, then in preseason and then obviously in the games. So, yeah, I think, I think there are some question marks at wide receiver. I think more is going to be the electric or the electricity that, that lights up this offense though. Yeah. You bring up the running back position. I got to ask like who is the starting running back. You know, you got P. Ryan and, and Coleman. You drafted Michael Carter, which is, is, a, is a great trying pick. trying to get fantasy advice over there? I would like to get a little bit of fantasy <laughs> advice. I need a, I need all the help I can get, despite the fact that I won a championship last year. Uh, but, uh, you know, who do you think is going to be uh, toting the rock the most amongst this uh, running back group? That's a tough call. Right. Um, I, I've been questioning that for months now. Um, I, I, I'm assuming they're going to go by committee unless somebody absolutely stands out, which is what camp is for. Right. Um, so, you know, after, after this weekend, I might be able to answer that question a little bit better. Um, but it's all over the place. Um, you know, a lot of the analysts are, are all over the place and who they're, they're thinking will also. So, uh, you know, I, I can't answer that question right now. I'm assuming it's going to be by committee to start with. And if somebody steps up, if one of them step up, then I think you'll see the guy. But I have no idea which one that would be right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way with running back and with a tight end position too. Now, Chris Herndon is a very good uh, tight end there, but he's been in and out the last couple of years. The guys behind him are Soso, Ryan Griffin, Tyler Croft. Uh, you think Chris Herndon's going to be around this year? I, I, there was so much hype for him last year, 
and then he was he just didn't play. So uh, you think he's going to be around this year? Think he's going to be able to help Zach Wilson out? I am so frustrated with this guy. <laughs> Two things come out of Miami, right? And, and don't take offense. I'm just joking. <laughs> Criminals and football players. And sometimes they're both. So, you know, what do we have here? Like his first year, I mean, you had your tight end and position check marked off for the next, you know, five, ten years easily. Then then last year, and and I have to say, going back to the question you asked me earlier, Gaze and his systems and his staff are absolute garbage. They're trash. So he asked players to do things that they couldn't do. I'd have to say some didn't even weren't even motivated to play for him. And I would have to say that you have to wipe last year clean from every player that's left over. And, and Herndon has to show us, right? Like, he's got to get out there and he's got to make plays. If he did what he did two years ago or, you know, whatever it was when he first got in, like, where did that go? That doesn't – skill level doesn't disappear. Mm-hmm. So maybe you factor in an injury. All right, maybe you factor in he, you know, he's not motivated enough, which at the pro level – I don't take as an excuse. You're getting paid to do a job. You're a pro. Go out there and perform. Maybe it was the system that that he was playing in, you know, or what they were asking him to do. I mean, let's go back to coaches for a second, right? Great coaches recognize the skill in players and design their routes or their schemes or their system based on the skill set of the players they have. That's not what was done under Gaze. So, you know, I have to say, I, I mean, Salah is an unoffensive guru. We know that. But I think that the Jets have the right mix of coaches there to put players in the positions that they should be in to showcase their skills. That being said, <laughs> Herndon, and I, I, he's still there, so he's got that clean slate to show them what potentially has or, or you know, how good he can be. So for me... And he's taken a lot of heat in my Jets groups, and I've seen a lot of heat from the media and analysts on him. But for me, he's got a clean slate, you know, and then and then we go from there. I, I, I'm, I'm not overly excited. I'm cautiously optimistic for Herndon. Yeah, you do bring up uh, – you brought up the coaching staff, and, and Zal obviously is a defensive guy, but he was able to bring over uh, Mike LaFleur from – San Francisco, a guy that obviously was under uh, Shanahan there, and, and his brother is Matt Lafleur out there in in Green Bay. So hopefully, and I, I I'm kind of with you guys that it is a clean slate, and, and you know there's a lot of young blood in players and coaches alike. But hopefully they're uh, they're you know looking to seize the opportunity there. Um, it does look like like Joe Douglas is is going for a good mix of young and old guys. Uh, for the roster, he did bring in guys like Carl Lawson, Sheldon Rankins, Corey Davis, obviously the wide receiver from uh, Tennessee. And Corey Davis was getting a little bit hot at the end of his tenure there in, in Tennessee, so I think it could work out. But how do you feel about this kind of, uh, you know, a whole smattering of, of rookies that he drafted and then bringing in some good vets on uh, in free agency? Well, that's how you build it, right? And you change the culture. You get You get everybody out that was there before, and you bring in, you know, your veterans who can teach the younger players – how to be professional NFL players and how to be New York Jets. So LaFleur, I think I'm excited for him. Mm-hmm. I am so excited to see what he rolls out. I mean, maybe you could hear it in my voice. My <laughs> voice sounds cracking talking about it. I'm just excited. We haven't had an offensive coordinator that 
is anything to speak of and and fans might might argue with me on this since um oh my god i just lost it uh his father was the coach of um uh, not shanahan um oh my god shoddy so you know since we since shot uh shoddy left our offense really hasn't done much so Hopefully LaFleur can come in and ignite the offense and be creative. I think year one, they're going to be able to a fool a lot of people B take some teams by surprise because you've got a whole new offense with totally new players. And that's generally how it works until there's film and there's tape on them. You're not going to know what's going on. So it's going to take teams time, you know, and some teams like the Patriots who, who rewind and reset every quarter might be able to, you know, do the research on LaFleur and see what his, his MO is, so to speak, <clears throat> and be prepared. But most teams we're going to be able to take by surprise because they don't know our personnel. They have no tape on us. And I think LaFleur is packing some surprises. So I'm very, 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 very excited to see what he puts together. Yeah, I like the uh, the LaFleur hire. They usually have, like, good creative plays. I think they could use some of the – uh, some of the talent that they have on offense, like I, like we talked about, not necessarily a ton of household names, especially in that wide receiver group. We don't know who's going to be the running back or the tight end, but I do trust Lafleur to kind of sort it out, like you said earlier. You know, figure out what your guys are good at and let them do that. Uh, so I, I do feel good about the offense. The defense, I'm a little bit skeptical on. A lot of guys in here that I, you know, looking through the roster, a lot of guys that I never heard of or haven't really done a whole lot in the league so far. Uh, you got, you know, obviously C.J. Mosley, which you mentioned earlier. We don't know what his situation is. He played, what, a half with the Jets total. Uh, and and it, it looked good at the time. I was I was pretty excited about this defense for a while. And then all that went away. So how do you feel about the defense? You know, uh, defensive line might be all right, but the rest of it is kind of question marks. So let me just just go back to the offense for a second. You know, sad to say, and rest yeah. in peace, prayers with the family for Greg Knapp. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think that the Jets were missing for a very long time a quarterback coach, and, and hopefully, you know, they can find somebody to take his place. Um, now to your question on the defense, I, I, I don't really worry about it because – I think that's Salah's thing, and I think he's going to take pride in putting out a very competitive, nasty defense. That said, do we have holes? Yes, we do. There's question marks at the at the pass rusher. Yeah, okay, we picked the pass rusher up, but you know, how much gas does he have in the tank, and will he make a difference? Will he be an impactful player? Um, then, then you have the cornerback. I, I'm not worried at all about our defense. I think that Salah takes pride in his defense. I think they're going to play to his personality. I think they're going to be nasty and they're going to keep us in games. I think you might have a question mark at the pass rushing position, which we, we did go out and get a pass rusher, but I still have question marks about that since we haven't had one in huh, God, over a decade. <laughs> so, um, you know, then you move on to the cornerback position where there are huge question marks and, um, you know, I think Poole just signed with somebody else. Yeah. So I, I don't know what happened there, but you know, I certainly, 
I'm interested, intrigued at the backstory on on not bringing him back. So your cornerback position is an issue. Your Marcus May situation is an issue. And I wish it's unfortunate because I understand that they're hesitant to pay him and give him a long term contract because of his age. But, you know, I was I was uh, privileged enough to meet both Marcus May and Adams after they were drafted. And, you know, they're two different players. You know, Adams always went for the hype and the big the big hit or the big big tackle but Adams missed his tackles more than not <laughs> and May was always consistent May is like a, 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 a the count on guy right you don't have to worry about him you don't have you don't have to you know be on his butt you don't have to worry about what he's got he's got his um he's got his coverage and he, he performs and he's there all the time and he makes tackles and he's consistent you know and, and a lot of fans you know would argue with me because he had a bad second year with injuries but his first year and his third year, and I believe his fourth year, um, he he basically played all games. So, you know, from from the injury perspective or from the, you know, pay him, not pay him perspective, I completely understand both sides. And you have supposedly a good draft coming up in 22 with safeties. But May is, is a solid guy and a good jet. You know, make it work. He, you need him on this defense. You need him as a veteran. You need him as a pro. And, I mean, I can't say enough about Marcus May. And I just think that, you know, the Jets – and I'm not questioning J.D. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, from a perspective of keeping your reputation and players wanting to come to the New York Jets, you got to pay your vets. And the franchise tag is kind of like – I mean, look, he's going to get paid, right? But he's not. I think he was he was looking for fourteen, fifteen million, whatever it was. And for a safety, that's a lot of money, granted. So you know, it's a tough it's a tough situation for the Jets. It's a tough situation for Marcus May, but they need one hundred percent of Marcus May in in this coming season. Yeah, Mosley. Um, you know what what's he what's he got left? Are we getting the Mosley back that 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 left injured? I mean, he he was a beast in that. I believe it was the Bills game. He literally owned that game until he you know went out injured, and then you know he opted out last year, unfortunately. So you know, year off from football, are we getting the the fresh, new, rejuvenated player back, or are we getting somebody who's a year older and is gonna is gonna be a step slower? So you know, that's gonna be interesting to watch because if we get that old Mosley back, I mean, we're even better than. I would have expected we would be, but I'm not worried all at all about defense. My worries are really concentrated on the offense. Yeah, I think that that's a good thing. You know, Salah got a lot of production out of guys that weren't household names over there in San Francisco, and, and some of those guys are, are turning around and getting paid right now. They're considered some of the best in the position. So that's, that's a good optimistic way to kind of view it. I think it's going to be a, a good chance for a lot of young or unknown guys to step up. You talk about Marcus May. He's going to have a big, or he's going to have a chance to have a big season and show that he has to be with this Bills team next year. And, and CJ Mosley, he's going to have a big opportunity here because there are not a ton of guys behind him. Uh, now, before we move on and kind of wrap up here, there's one question I have to ask: How was the commissioner's chair? <laughs> I mean, it made it to the Hall of Fame, so it has to be pretty good. That's a Hall of Fame chair. How did how did it feel? All right. So there's a strategy there. So one of my friends had been called up on stage because I don't know if uh, you're aware, but when they when they invite you to the draft, they, they keep you in regardless of COVID, irregardless of COVID, whatever. Um, they keep you in pods. Mm-hmm. So you're literally 
in a Jets pod with other Jet fans, and then you have the rest of the AFC East with you, like in 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 one pod. So, I think the Patriots were right next to us, and the Bills were behind us, and the Dolphins were in, in the corner next to us. So each were set up in pods of four. So, um, gentlemen that that I knew and and became closer friends with at the draft went up to make the pick for Wilson. So I'm tapping his brain and I'm just casually watching because I didn't know I was going up for the 14th pick. Because if you remember, the Jets jumped up yep. to take that to, to get into that 14th spot. So I just casually watched and I, I noticed that people were having a problem getting out of that chair. <laughs> and I kind of chuckled to myself a little bit, not even thinking in a million years I'd have that opportunity. So all of a sudden I get a tap on my shoulder and you want to go up and make the uh, 14th pick for the Jets? And I'm like, absolutely. So as we're walking up there, now it's running through my head. All right, I got to have a strategy for this chair. I'm not a small guy. <laughs> I don't want to get stuck in the leather chair and not be able to get up. Like this could be embarrassing. I got to oh, make this you're work. Speaking I, my soul I, right now. Oh, it, it was, it was stressful. <laughs> so I'm walking through the backstage and all the players are back there and all the NFL people are back there. I walk onto stage and I'm just locked on this chair and I'm, <laughs> I'm giving it the once over, am eyeballing it. I get to the chair and I sat back in it a little bit and I felt myself like really go back and it's a recliner anyway. So if you go back far enough, that kickstand is popping up and you're just, you know, you're not going anywhere. You're not getting out. So I knew I'd have to get up to hold the Jersey for Tucker and I knew the commissioner was going to come over to me. So I kind of pulled myself up on the end of the chair. Smart. So my butt was just like on, on the tippy part of the chair where you, where you kind of push up to get up and not back into the chair, getting that luxury, you know, feel. So um, when, when the commissioner came over, you know, I was, I was ready to get up and I didn't have time because he kind of came from behind me and he asked me, uh, he showed me the card for Tucker and then he started to walk away and he's like, do you approve? I said, Oh, wait a minute. You showed me that too fast. Come back. Let me see it again. <laughs> so it was Tucker and I was excited. He said, you good. And I'm like, perfect. Like, what am I going to say? Right? <laughs> like, no, no, don't yeah. make that pick. So, so then, uh, the commissioner, uh, went up and he, you know, he announced it and they gave me his Jersey and, uh, I, I managed the chair situation perfectly. Like was able to bounce right up grab the jersey and then uh which another funny part to it was tucker wasn't there he was at home so it wasn't a giving him the jersey deal like it was with zach wilson with my 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 jets buddy so um they had tucker on the huge screen tv and commissioner kept pushing me to like 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 flash the jersey in excitement at the tv so after a few seconds of flashing the jersey at the TV, like I've got my back to 50,000 people <laughs> and I'm looking at the TV and I'm looking at Tucker's reaction and I'm next to the commissioner and I just squeaked out a few words to the commissioner. I'm like, oh man, he can't really see us right now, right? I'm just doing this for like show. <laughs> and he's like, yep. And then oh, the so sad good. part of it all was they took the jersey back and I'm like, oh, that would have been a great keep for the, oh, for the really? Jets room. Really would have. They're been. like, yeah, you got to give the jersey back. One of the. And I best. was joking. I was joking around to my wife. I said I should have shoved it under my shirt and just ran off stage. <laughs> this <laughs> is mine now. But All right. It was. It was. An, 
it was such an amazing opportunity. I uh, like, can't imagine. I, I I don't even have words. I unexpected, you know, spur of the moment and just ran with it. Yeah, I mean, I've done some uh, some some things that I would consider myself lucky for in my life, but that sounds amazing. Yeah. So let's uh, let's 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 uh, take things to the end here. I, I want to ask you. Uh, I think you you already sort of answered this, but I, I've been asking everybody. I've been looking at these teams over unders because we predict them at the uh, the end of the the all these fan previews that we do. Uh, I believe earlier you said uh, in passing, you know, five to seven. So you are dead on with the over under for this New York Jets team. The over under is six. How do you feel about that? You think you're right there? Stay away from it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, like I said, I think, I think five is a realistic goal. Yeah. Whereas seven, if, if the, if the ball falls right and the chips fall, put it, get put into place. Look, you know, if the O-line doesn't take two years to gel and they gel faster than that, great. You've expedited a timeline. If the wide receivers and Zach gel, you've expedited a timeline. If, if we have a breakout running back that, that needs defenses to key on him, we have an expedited timeline. If Herndon shows up to play, we have an expedited <laughs> timeline. So, you know, there are a lot of things. And, and then, of course, injuries, what happens with that? You have all these factors that play into it. But I say you get to five. That's three more than last year. You've built yourself a little stepping stone. You've solidified your draft status. So you're getting the top players that you need for next year to make that jump. If you get to seven, you've expedited that timeline a little bit. You've pushed it forward. I'm not saying it can't, never will, won't, but the chances are highly likely it'll be between five and seven wins for the season. And I'm okay with that. You've got a brand new coach. You've got a brand new coaching staff. You've got brand new systems at every, every single um, area, except for special teams. You know, you've got all this newness. Just my only thing is go out there and be competitive. Just be competitive week in and week out, showing me you're taking strides. And we'll know by the end of the season what kind of team we expect to have without even adding the draft picks by the end of the season. I mean, for the first time, we've got 17 games. So, you know, it's going it's to be a long road this year. Yeah, it uh, it sure is. So in closing, let's uh, let's talk about this division a little bit. Let's see uh, how you think this division shakes out. I mean, uh, we've you've made it pretty clear about how you feel like your team's going to do. Uh, how do you feel about the rest of the division? Where do the Jets fall in this? Um, yeah, so how do you think it lines where, up? This is where Jets fans turn off your podcast. Yeah, unfortunately, I hate even asking you the question to be honest, but we ask it to everybody, so I got to keep I got to keep consistency. Yeah. Absolutely. And if, and if I'm being totally 100% realistic and honest, it's Bills, Miami, Pats, Jets. And the, and that the is Pats exactly what Vegas flip. says. The, the Pats in Miami might flip, but I don't know if Miami can, can keep that, that momentum going. You know, they're coming off a 10-win year, so it should be. But right now, today, in July, it should be Bills, Miami, Pats, Jets. Now, I mean, sure, the Jets can go out there and beat the Pats twice. I, w- I think they're going to split. Um, I don't think, unfortunately, Your and I hate Miami here. more than I hate any team in the National <laughs> uh, Football League. But I think they're going to they're going to uh, Miami will take both games. And I think certainly Bills will take both games. That's, so uh, that's fair. That's that's for sure. Fair. All right, man. Uh, we we definitely appreciate you coming on and and talking to us. I know you uh 
when we when we talked yesterday, wanted to uh, to to do a quick little shout out. You guys have uh, lost a lot of fans, a couple fans over the season that you wanted to talk about. Take some time. Yeah, I know how this works. Uh, you know, I've been there, seen that. You know, I, I, a lot of fan bases do, but uh, uh, I can't tell you no. So go for it, sir. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I'd just like to do a major shout out to Bruce Reader, um, diehard Jets fan. Uh, we met every morning. Uh, Jets game day my bus was there early and he was there early online waiting to get into the parking lots you know we shared a lot together I was over at his beach house um you know rest in peace buddy in heaven hopefully we'll be able to bring you a Super Bowl you'll be missed and to the other few Jets fans that passed away over last season or the last year year and a half rest in peace you'll be missed you're, you're in our thoughts Jets games won't be the same without you but we know you'll be watching so Absolutely, it's uh, it's it sucks, but it's uh, it's good to hear. And it's always remember. It's always good to remember. That's uh, that's for sure. Um, man, we're we're gonna let you go. I kept you for much longer than I told you I was going to. We had a lot of fun. We appreciate it, and uh, you know, we're we're always down to talk Jets. There's always gonna be something to talk about, and if this team's bouncing back the way that you say they're going to be, um, the next couple seasons could be really fun. Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy the next the ride, and that's what I there tell all Jets fans. I think Just you're you're at the, the you're at the takeoff point with this team. I do yep. think that they can, as you said, sort of take off over these next couple seasons and actually be uh, a pretty good and pretty competitive football team. So uh, yeah, we we I appreciate think. you uh, you coming on, appreciate you telling the stories and and having some fun with us, uh, and we will uh, will definitely be getting a hold of you the next time we get to talk Jets. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Thanks, dude. Thanks for the time. Take care. All right, so that's tough. It's a tough one to bounce that's off of. Tough one. That was a good, was a good interview. Good, uh, good fan. Like I said, I didn't even know uh, when I messaged him the, yesterday as we record this that uh, he did all of that. Yeah. He threw it all at me after. All I knew was he still hit the podcast he was on was the most downloaded, and I can look at the stats. I can see that those <laughs> downloads were in New York. It wasn't. Sorry, Ryan K. Love you. It wasn't you on that episode as well talking dolphins. They all came from New York. <laughs> We very much appreciate him coming on and uh, really fun stories. But if there's anyone that can give him a challenge <laughs> for a fun interview, this is going to be a long one, kids. Strap in. Uh, coming up right after this, we're talking to Bills fan Matt. Do you like football? Oh, yeah. Do you like talking about football? Yeah. Join the Just Another Football Show Facebook group where you can talk football, add your friends, and speak with us. It's, it's free. It's free. All right, so now we welcome on, as alluded to, Matt. Matt, um, I, I was going to – I wanted to, to pull a clip from the last time you were on, if I'm being completely honest with you. Yeah. But I was far too nice of a guy to do that. Oh, uh, uh, also, no, I'm, you, uh, I'm no, you super, should've. I'm super, you I'm super lazy, so I didn't do it, but I do want to uh. let you know that you're following up. We talked, we just talked to our New York Jets fan, which is its own thing uh. in, in itself. Rest in uh, peace. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to let you know that you're following up with the guy that announced their 14th overall pick on stage. So good luck. <laughs> oh, good for him. Right. Hey, here's the thing is. Uh, uh, oh, our pick was so late in the first round, I was barely awake. Were you asleep? I was going to ask. Did you make it? Happened. Did so you make it? I did make it. I did make it, but only because I was gathering See, my, feedback. My on team, my team was speed. just slightly later than that, but they traded it away. Yeah, so. I'm trying to remember exactly when it, Couldn't when remember. it was. Yeah, it was Couldn't a little remember. later. It was a yeah. little later. Exactly. So, uh, 
Ryan, what do you think here? Like, normally there's a, yeah. a glaring thing. I don't know that there is here unless we want to talk about, like, I don't know. What do you, well, yeah, got? We what don't, do you got? We Are don't we really... talking about it? Are we talking about it? We all know what you mean when you say that. We no, all know what you mean. I, we don't. We, I mean, I was going to add, like, we, we saw this huge, I'll, fine, I'll do it. I don't <laughs> even think it's what, it, it's what you're thinking it is, but I, I have to ask the question because it's it's out there, I think. We... We saw this huge, huge growth from Josh Allen, right? Like, zero to hero shit last season. (laughs) And is that what we're going to get again, do you think? Like, that's where I'm at. I'm a little, uh, I don't want to say worried, but I I think that the huge jump last year makes it hard to, to, like, wow the fans or the rest of the NFL. I'm not sure. I can't imagine you're you're not like a hundred and twenty million percent on Josh Allen, but uh, talk to us a little bit, I guess, about his growth last year and and where he's going. Well, I think I'd be remiss as a Bills fan and somebody who watches Josh Allen quite regularly uh, if I didn't mention that <clears throat> we saw a big jump from year one to year two. This this fair. this big jump that we saw in year three it caught everybody else by surprise. We all were waiting for it. You know, if you're sitting on the front porch when dad gets home from work, you're not shocked when the when the screen door opens. You're behind him. We're walking through at the same time. But your brother or sister who's trying to reconnect their PS3 that they got the cords taken from because they're grounded, they might be surprised because they didn't know what they were looking for. They didn't know what had already happened in the past. And so Bill's fans, we already knew. We, we had seen that jump from a 52 to a 59% completion percentage. So another 10% on top of the 7% we'd already seen wasn't crazy to think about. Now, did it go beyond what even my wildest expectations were? Absolutely. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I called that. But, I mean, that was part of the reason why a couple of years ago, I think it was before the 2019 season, I said, we're not going to win the AFC East this year, but we will win it next year. And then that that ended up coming true because I'd seen this progression even in year one. In the second half of Josh Allen's year one, after he came back from a shoulder injury, um, we saw a growth there. And I said, all he's got to do is keep that momentum. It's all I've, I've driven in ice and snow my entire life. And I know a thing or two about you got to keep a certain momentum going to get where you need to go. And that's all he's done. But I think his biggest area that he needed to improve on after this past season was in the short passing game, uh, short crossers and things like that. And that was his entire focus this past year. Do you guys know what his focus was last off season? Not it was the deep ball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was the deep ball, and he had one of the best deep ball percentages in the league last year. So he's already got all these other tools in the toolbox ready to go, and now he just focused in, lasered in, and improved on yet another thing. And I can't wait to see what the results are going to be because when he puts his mind to something, golly, I've yet to see who really can stop him. Yeah, the offense absolutely – uh, was the showstopper last year. I think, obviously, the addition of Stephon Diggs, who led the, the league in receiving yards. Uh, you know, that, that's a, and a big factor there. And receptions. That's a big factor there. Um, there is early talk right now about Josh Allen for, like, MVP. Are you buying into that kind of hype, or, or you just want to kind of see it and, and, and keep it uh, focused on, on wins and losses? 
Uh, here's the thing. Unless you're the Packers, I'm not buying this early that any small market <laughs> player is going to be winning any sort of award like an MVP. I mean, you have to not only hit, you know, the marks that somebody in Los Angeles or Chicago would have to, but you have to go above and beyond that because who's paying attention to Buffalo? We went to the AFC East Championship game last year, and you've got a lot of talking-handed pundits who are questioning whether or not we can even win our division again this year when who's the quarterback for anyone else? Who's going to be, you know, lining up? Who's the marquee wide receiver for any other team in this division? Who's going to take it from us? I'm not saying it can't happen, but make a decent argument. So I think there's an underappreciation for the small market teams, especially a, a team like Buffalo that hasn't been good for a long, long time, that I'm not buying into the MVP stuff because I think even if Josh Allen has a MVP caliber season, it might not get the recognition that it deserves. And no worry about Mitch Trubisky taking the job. He was a former N- NVP, right? He, he won the NVP. He was an NVP. That, oh, you know, here's the thing. Pro Bowl quarterback. Pro Bowl quarterback. He's got that. I'm excited for the preseason revenge <laughs> game here in a few weeks. That should be that should be really fun. Uh, the one thing I kind of wanted to see from this team, and they didn't really do, and maybe you can sell me on it, they didn't add a, a running back. Uh, we saw some mixed usage of Zach Moss and, and Singletary, uh, Singletary. They did add... Uh, Matt Breida, I guess, but that that doesn't really like make me feel any any better about this running back group. Do you think it's just going to be you know two three headed monster, or do you think they're going to kind of uh, hone in on on a guy that maybe you know I would want to add in fantasy maybe? I don't know that there's any running back for the Bills you're going to want to add in fantasy. I think it's going to be very up and down. I think one week you could have no Bills running backs in, in the whole league and you'd be just fine. The next week I think you could see Zach Moss get two short yardage touchdowns to put you over you know, against <laughs> the best guy in your league. But I think what we are going to see differently this year is a different scheme of things. So we let Levi Smith go. He's down in Atlanta now. But we brought in uh, Jacob Hollister. And he's a guy who's going to threaten a little bit more in the passing game. So between him and Dawson Knox, who, you know, hopefully his hands have gotten a little bit better. He's had drop issues in the past. But with both of those guys being guys that absolutely can catch the ball and are serviceable in the blocking game, I think back in the day – you know, even last year, you saw situations where we had like Lee Smith and guys like that out there, and teams knew that we were running the ball. They're like, they're not putting Lee Smith out here on a deep <laughs> crossing post route. But Jacob Hollister and Dawson Knox, we, we've done that with Dawson Knox in the past. Jacob Hollister's done that his whole career, and he's already got a good relationship with Josh Allen from back in our college days. So I think that's what's going to change this year with the running game, is it's going to be a scheme difference, where teams aren't going to be able to hone in quite as quickly and, and be quite as committed to a certain idea when they see a personnel, because there's going to be that threat of maybe they're having both these tight ends run routes. Maybe they're having both of them come into block. We can't sell out either way. And I think that's going to be the difference that you see this season. You, you bring up the tight ends. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. Uh, there's been rumors and it's been going around for a while that the bills are interested in adding <laughs> Zach Ertz. Anything there? <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, I'll believe it when I see yeah, it at this well. point, I was, I was real excited. Oh, <laughs> uh, when that was first starting, I was pumped. Like, let's go. This, I mean, this guy's, you know, you want to talk about sure hands. Oh, my goodness. He would elevate that whole room. But then it just, every two weeks, I feel like there's another, you know, checkmark um, 
profile on Twitter that is like, <laughs> oh, it's happening before the weekend. And I'm just like, at this point, like, I remember one time I was sitting in an automatic car wash and i saw a tweet pop up on my timeline while i was waiting for the car wash to finish and i showed it to my wife and she's like nope <laughs> and all it was was you know zach Ertz gonna happen before the weekend she, like she, she doesn't follow football anywhere nearly as closely as i do and she immediately was just like nope not gonna happen just because she's heard it and we've all heard it and i unless i see it unless i see the official bill's twitter account tweet out we have reached you know an agreement to trade for zach Ertz." I'm not worried about anything between now and then. And I kind of like Dawson Knox a little bit. I like Tyler Allison. I like those guys. I don't necessarily uh, want them to be deposed because they are dethroned because, you know, Knox is an interesting, fun guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think he's a bit underappreciated. Like I said, he's had his drop issues in the past, but I don't think there's been nearly as bad as people have thought, you know, they have been who only watch, you know, so much uh, Bill's tape. I think he's a serviceable blocker. He's a serviceable runner. And once he gets the ball in in his hands, he can run people over when he needs to. So he's got that fit as well. So I, I mean, I'm happy with where we are on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I think the bigger concern is the pass rush, at least in my opinion. Yeah, that That's a good segue into looking at the guys that they did end up drafting. They drafted Greg Rousseau with that 30th pick overall. You might not have stayed up all night to see that, but uh, a massive, massive guy. I think he's like 6'7", just absolutely huge yeah. uh, guy out of Miami huge. there. Um, I believe he opted out last year, so it is a I don't want to say a gamble, but but you you know you don't have that year of film to look at. How do you feel about adding guys like uh, Greg Rousseau and then the second round pick Boogie Basham out of Wake Forest as a guy I very much like? How do you feel about those two guys because they're your new defensive ends or or your new defensive end rotation uh, pass rush guys? I think that the raw talent and size that you see with those guys is super exciting. I mean, those are guys. I mean, you look at Greg Rousseau. Yeah, he opted out last year. Uh, shout out his mom, who was a, a nurse on the front lines during COVID. Um, and, you know, but the year before that, he had 15 sacks. Like, if you're, are you, you know, you're in the ACC. Like, you're not in a group <laughs> of five conference. Like, you're playing some top tier, you know, college uh, uh, programs. And 15 sacks is, is by no means a fluke. There's no way to fluke that in that level of college. So I think there's a lot of skill there. I think it's a bit raw, but... I mean, we talk, We started this whole conversation by talking about Josh Allen. You want to talk about a raw, you know, product that we took and developed into something that, you know, last year at least was in the top tier of his position. If we can get anywhere near that level with someone like a Gregory Rousseau, I think it could be an absolute game changer. He could be a game wrecker on that side of the ball. Yeah, and they added uh, uh, Iowa guy A.J. Epinesa last year, too. He didn't get onto the field very much last year, I don't think, but could see a good uh, leap next year. I'm looking through the roster, and it is a good mix of kind of veterans and young guys. You still got your guys like Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison around, Mike Love, not the guy from the Beach Boys, but uh, Mike Love from South Florida, uh, and, and, and Harrison Phillips, you know, Vernon Butler. You got a good mix of guys. You got good veterans there on the on the defensive line, but you still didn't really see those uh, those pass rush numbers there last year, like you were saying. So hopefully this year – the infusion of guys like Rousseau and Boogie Basham can help you out there. Um, how do you feel about re-signing your guy, Matt Milano? Uh, you know, the linebacking core is pretty good there. And the, the, the secondary, I think, is, is 
underrated, one of the better in the league. How do you feel about the rest of the defense outside that uh, defensive line? Signing Matt Milano was a weight off my shoulders. Like the two biggest, the two biggest weights off my shoulders this year have been vaccines getting approved and (laughs) Matt Milano signing a contract extension with the Pills. Because vaccines mean I can go watch it, and Matt Milano can go, and he he is the brains of that org of that operation when they are on the field. He is the guy. When you look at the stats of Tremaine Edmonds when he is playing with and without Milano, it is night and day difference. It is a complete difference because Tremaine Edmonds is a very smart football player. I'm not discounting his intelligence by any means, but he's very much a point me in the right direction and i am an rpg type of guy he can go coast to coast he can go sideline to sideline he needs to be able to have the confidence to just point in a certain direction and go kill somebody and when matt milano's on the field spearheading all the other nine guys besides those two it's very easy for tremaine edmonds to do that whereas when aj klein who definitely came into his own after being out there for a couple of games, filling the Matt Milano role when he was injured last year. When we saw that change, Tremaine Evans then had to be the thinker. He had to be the guy who was a little more focused on the cerebral part of that game. And so he had to slow it down a little bit, not necessarily for himself, but for those around him that didn't know the scheme as well as he does, that haven't been in those locker rooms for three years with the same defensive coordinator and running the same schemes. So he had to make sure people were in the right place. And that is something he can do, but it's not his strength. So having Matt Milano back to anchor that core, be right in the middle of everything, know where everybody is, where everybody needs to go and be able to point and shoot and go is a game changer for this organization. And I'm so glad that it happened. I'm so glad that we, we got him at a pretty good deal. Like it is not bad money at all for the position he was at. I mean, I, 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 uh, I said recently that there are very few men in this world that I would let peg me, but golly, Brandon Bean after signing that, whew, wow. moving up the list. Brandon Bean's the, the guy, list. not Matt Milano. Wow. Right. Here's the thing. Brandon Bean just keeps doing it. Though. That's true. That's true. He got Trey White locked up. He brought in he he helped bring in like Poyer and Hyde like I mean he's the guy he drafted Josh Allen yeah, helped turn him into what he is I mean you know you well, just you move up the list I'm glad you brought up Brandon Bean because that's kind of where I was gonna go you know he has done a, a fantastic job getting guys in getting free agents in but also uh, drafting very well looking at the rest of this draft he he kind of had a theme here of just big guys uh, we talked about the defensive ends. But Spencer Trenches. Brown, massive guy out of Northern Iowa there, underrated. Tommy Doyle, uh, offensive tackle as well. Drafted another guard there in the seventh round. That's kind of a crapshoot. And then, you know, th- these are just like strengthening positions. Another wide receiver, another safety, DeMar Hamlin from Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and then uh, Wild Use out of Wisconsin, the cornerback. Like, these are just depth. Guys, this is a fantastic draft for where uh, the Buffalo Bills are right now. Any guy on in the draft that stands out to you? I'm sorry, you got you cut out oh, right at the end of that. Any any guy that they drafted that stands out to you? I think Spencer Brown is the one from Iowa, if I remember correctly. He's from just some small town uh, not too far from Des Moines. And I'll tell you what stands out is somebody who is willing to buy in day one. And Spencer Brown, <laughs> on draft night, on the, on, the, on the second night when he got drafted, he went out in his backyard and he jumped through a folding table. He jumped off a ladder through a folding table. 
and, and got told love uh, your uh, love your uh, energy. Don't ever fucking do that again. Yup, <laughs> love it. Yes. never again. Like yes. I'm sure that's As written an Iowa into fan, his contract somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's written into his contract somewhere. And I mean, that's something that we even saw from uh, AJ and Vanessa last year. Not him as much, but his dad. Oh my gosh, if you haven't looked at his dad's Twitter, he's the big. He might be a bigger Bills fan than I am. <laughs> um, but seeing guys who day one, right off the bat, not only are they part of the team, they're a fan. You know, you look at, you know, you you'll you see, you know, these guys who they embrace the city, they embrace the culture of Bill's Mafia. And I love to see that, especially from a guy day one. It's really easy when you're Jerry Hughes and you've been in Buffalo for what six, seven, eight years now, and you know, you've seen what the city can do, you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you still, you know, you see the things that are able to love. I think that's easier than a guy coming in day one who's like Buffalo I, I get a lot of snow and they invented wings. I don't know anything else. And there's so much more there. So to see a guy who was willing to embrace the city, embrace this fan base day one, night one, minute one, I think was really, really big. And when you look at it, like you said, it was very much just a draft for depth, draft for shoring up positions that we want to make sure that we're good going into the future on. Maybe a couple of projects, a couple of guys who are going to take a year or two to really hit the roster. But it's guys who are in a place where they are hungry, and they are humble, and they are ready to come in, be a fan, be on the sidelines, be with us, screaming and hollering, and jumping through tables if it's allowed in their contract. <laughs> and so I think that one was was my favorite one, just to see that that dichotomy. Yeah, I, that's what I was uh, kind of fishing for there, and, and you absolutely nailed it. Just the excitement, you know, like buying into the Bills Mafia real early there, as soon as he was drafted, that uh, – uh, that kind of sold me on, on the guy too. Obviously, you know, rooting for the guy from you and I, but uh, he, he oh, seems course. to be all in, but um, you're right to point out that, you know, fans, all fans have always, you know, Buffalo fans have always been good to this team. They've always been excited, you know, through the, the lean times and now through the good times, they're excited and, and they're kind of seeing where this team can take them. The one thing I think that could derail them this year is something that is, you know, a little bit. Uh, I, I wouldn't bring it up with any other any other guy, uh, but the the vaccine situation there going on in there. We don't necessarily have to get too deep into it. But how do you feel about what's going on in the locker room right now with the Bills, with guys like Cole Beasley, John Feliciano, and you got the old veteran uh, Hughes coming out there and trying to set them right? How, how do you feel about all that that's going on there? I think one thing that gets lost on the John Feliciano side is he has publicly stated that he is vaccinated. Yeah. He's one of the few players on the Bills who's publicly like, I am vaccinated. And I think that if your focus is, look, I've got questions about other things going on with a global pandemic. I've got questions with different governmental entities, both our own and other places, that have a track record of not being honest. And I think it's fair to say they might not be being honest now. I think that's a different thing than um, just writing it off and saying this whole thing is a hoax and, you know, leaking information about a teammate testing positive before the team. I mean, if you look back over the last few years with McDermott and Brandon Bean in there, this is a very leak proof front office. They're on a tight ship. So for me, I'm not worried. It is a very tight, tight ship. And so I'm not worried about, you know, whether or not someone has, 
you know, taken their vaccine or not. Hopefully everybody does. I'm sick and fucking tired of watching my friends die. Uh, it's been close to six months now, but I have a friend who's in the hospital right now with the Delta variant. So I don't got time for you to be a little pissy baby one way or the other. I do got time to drive you to the pharmacy to go get something that's free and effective. But I'm more concerned on the football side of things leaking. I'm more concerned about that being a frustration for the front office because that clearly is something that they prioritize. They've been very good at over the years. And I think that once training camp starts and everybody's in that building, everybody is together and those conversations can happen face to face. I think we'll see that settle down real, real quick. I think you're probably right about that. It, it did seem like chaos when the, the new uh, rule came down from the NFL about regarding vaccinations. That Friday was absolutely insane with, uh, you know, people getting let go and all the players kind of voicing out. And it, it, it that wasn't terribly long ago, but it's certainly died down it now. It feels like down. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> uh, so I, I knew that, that you, you know, that you feel strongly about it. So I wanted to make sure that I teed you up for it. And uh, I I think you had a fantastic answer there. Yeah, we all, we all fully agree with you yeah, here yeah, the podcast. Absolutely. I don't want any, any questions. I'm glad we, to hear it. I think we've made I'm, it very well known, but I would like to point out that everything that you've posted on Twitter, everything you've said here. That this podcast we agree with. We all got vaccinated on the same day. Moving on, we did in fact. Aww, it's like a, it's like a nice little yeah. thing. Uh, then the other thing I want to mention before we kind of wrap up and get your feelings on the whole division, uh, your new punter Matt Hawk, a uh, guy from Arizona State. There, uh, yes, ASU Sun Devils. But he is, or, or uh, <laughs> a funny connection here. His dad used to be my boss at Wells Fargo. So, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott, I believe his dad's name is Scott. You've been sitting uh, on this information. I'm not. Kyle, our, our buddy Kyle, has had lunch or had dinner with Matt Hawk. So, oh wow, uh, yeah, it's a small world. Uh, but I did want to bring that up just because I saw it. And I was like, holy shit. Uh, so is, is he from Iowa then? Yes, I, I believe. Uh, uh, his dad and his family is yes, and I think he went to Arizona State. Okay, okay, so okay, I gotta, yeah. I gotta figure out a way because there's a few Bills players, uh, there's a few Bills past Bills players who live in and around Des Moines, and I've never had any success with getting any of them to like come out to the keg stand or anything. But now I've got a new target, <laughs> so that's fun. Maybe I can get Matt Hack. You know, I mean, trick play specialist. Oh, absolutely. We saw what he could do with the Dolphins. So you know, shout out Matt Hack. Uh, hopefully we can get him out to the keg stand uh, sometime during the off season to uh, have a bit of fun with it. But that's dope. That's awesome. I'll have to look into that. Yep. Born West the one went to Dowling. So uh, one oh, of that's guys. not shocking yeah, if yeah. he's good at football. Uh, and then I do want to, I want to <laughs> shout out Tyler Bass, your kicker last year. I had him on all uh, as many teams as I could get on. Uh, did a fantastic job like Tyler Bass. You're welcome. Yeah. Yep. 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 Good job. Good job sticking with him beyond the first two weeks. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, he started it was out a little rough. And I, okay, so when I, you guys have experienced this, but for anyone who hasn't been out there, I'm very much the optimist <laughs> at the keg stand. I'm the guy who, you know, when we're losing 45 to 10, will still tell you some way that this is beneficial and this is going to help us long term. And, you know, I, I'm that guy. And uh, I was struggling after the second <laughs> week with, you know, coming up with good things with Tyler Brass. I was, well, you know, I tell you, what, it's good for his confidence that the team is sticking with him. Uh, you know, so like there's, there's, there's that, I guess, I guess, you know, hopefully. And then, and then he beat the New York Jets single-handedly, literally by himself beat the New York Jets later on in the season. So my optimism uh, proved well in that respect. Yeah. Hopefully you got a guy there for the next few years. So, 
Uh, all right, Matt, the, the thing we do, and I'm sure you've done it. I know you've done it before. I'm not sure you've done it before. I know you've done it before. Uh, so taking a look at this division, your whole AFC East, how do you think the division shakes out, and where do your uh, Buffalo Bills end up? I, I do not mean to throw any shade <laughs> when I say this. Throw it. Because I have been there. I can be there for you. This podcast can give you my phone number, but to my Jets fan who called before me, oh, it feels like it's going to be some lean years. It feels like it's going to be some really lean well, I mean, years people, coming people on. People have already listened. He picked you guys to win the division. so. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. But I'm just saying – I'm just saying I appreciate where he's at. And if he needs some support, you know, call me up. We'll, we'll talk about it. I'll cry about the drought. You can cry about today and we'll, we can have a good time. But I, I've, I'm going to pick the Jets to finish last because I truly I don't think that I don't think that they put themselves in a position to win right now. I think they're building for the future. I think they've got some pieces that could be really interesting down the road. Um, but as of this year, I, I struggle to see where that's going to, going to really come through. Uh, I think third in the division, I think third in the division is going to end up being the Patriots. And the reason I say that is I want to know with all of their defensive guys who opted out last year, coming back, what do they look like? You know, I, I don't put a knock against Greg Rousseau for taking a year off in college. You're not getting paid. You know, you, you, you tear an ACL in, in college in a COVID year where there's so many things that you can't do with the trainers and stuff like that. You're just screwing yourself for the future. And so, you know, I don't put a knock on that, but guys like Dante Hightower, you know, he's getting up there in age, you know, this saved a year of hits. This saved a year of, you know, that impact training that you do during the season. So I, I'm not, you know, knocking a whole other year onto his uh, receipt right now, but at the same time, some of those guys are getting a little up there in age. Um, Beyond that, is Stefan Gilmore happy with where he's at? Because from what I've seen, what I've heard, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it. And also what's Cam Newton going to look like this year? I think if all of those pieces that are coming back, that are trying to bounce back, I think that they're a team that could surprise some people. They could catch some teams unawares. And I mean, they've got a fantastic head coach i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna beat around the bush on that they got one of the best of all time you know on the headset calling the plays but i think there's just too many things there that need to line up and work out just right for me to really have a lot of faith in them uh to to really make a run and make a push and really scare the what i consider to be the top two teams of the division uh, and that would be us i'm gonna pick us to win because i think that we're the most complete team in the division um, I think that we have the best quarterback in the division. I think we have two of the top three quarterbacks in the division, if I'm being totally honest. Wow. Uh, MVP, MVP, yeah. the one and only. You know, let's let's not rule that out. Let's not, you know, Nickelodeon doesn't mess around. They got a lot of money, but they know where to throw it. Um, but I think the Dolphins, they have some really great pieces going on there. They have built this team from the ground up. They've been making really smart calls. They've been making really good investments. And I, the only question mark I really have at the end of the day is Tua. Can he not only play a full game, can he play 17 full games? You know, because I, I don't know if it was a 
good thing, you know, to pull him out as much as they were pulling him out last year. But I think that there was some loss of motivation near the end of the year because you came into week, week 17 last year. They're playing against us. We only played our starters for the first half. So they were going up against our backups in the second half. They were winning in, in the playoffs. And, you know, they, they, this was a playoff game to them. This was a take it easy for the whole second half game for us. And we beat them by 30. <laughs> I mean, we dropped 50 on them. And so I just wonder if I, the, the, the question marks I have are Tua and the coaching staff. Is, is there a motivation worry there as you get more towards the end of the season and more towards the end of things? And if things aren't quite working out, is this a pivot or you know type of, of coaching staff that's going to move them in another direction maybe pull the plug too soon on things or is it or is it a coaching staff that realizes from last year that they've got something special in Tua they've got something special in their wide receivers they've got some great pieces on the defense let's just keep pushing this let's just keep our cards on the table uh and just see where it takes us because we saw that last year with Tyler Bass for the Bills it started out real rough and we just stuck with him and we stuck with him and having that confidence behind him of the coaching staff saying, we believe in you. I think it worked wonders for any position. And I think it could work wonders for an entire team. So if you have an entire team having this coaching staff saying, look, yeah, we're, you know, one and three right now, but we think that there's some things that are really about to you know start to click and we got some things we can build on. If they push that in the right direction, you could take a one and three team and turn them into a seven and four team basically overnight. And I think they've got the pieces to do that. So I think I think the Dolphins are scary. I I, I go Bills, Dolphins, uh, Patriots, Jets for our division, and that's my why. Nailed it. I, I you know you uh, you'll lined it right up with the uh, the Vegas odds, and you're not the first one to do that. So. <laughs> Um, I'm not. I'm not stunned. I feel like this is one of the easier divisions to predict. Like, don't, don't make me predict a, like the NFC West. I think there's a shot at that two-three flip-flopping, but uh, for the most part, yeah, I think the one and two are solid locks. I've already thrown your uh, your Bills as a division winner on a couple parlays just because I imagine it'll happen. So, I feel just because you like easy money. Yeah, it's yeah, it's. I, I feel. I think I feel most confident about that one currently uh, compared to many of the other ones in the league. Um, all right, Matt, uh, I, I do expect to talk to you in the postseason. I won't beat around the bush with that one. Like I have with some of our other fans and tell them <laughs> that maybe we'll talk to them. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but with you, I, I do expect to talk to you in the postseason. I, I do expect to, uh, to potentially have another head to head between your team and my team. And, uh, we'll have a little fun at that point in time. We've got a head to head coming up on Sunday night football on it's October true. 10th. I already have my tickets and it's I true. am pumped for that. I gotta, game. I gotta figure it all out. I may find my way down there as well. We shall see bro you know how i bought those tickets the day they were announced how much you gonna pay (laughs) Uh, to try to get near my level probably not a whole lot because i'm uh, in vegas the week the chiefs play out there and tickets in vegas are out fucking rageous right now so i'll tell you what tell me how that uh stadium is though because it looks beautiful in the pictures it uh it does look pretty nice we're uh we're looking to get into there and then maybe a couple chiefs games this year but probably on the uh, the lower end of the cost for the home games so we'll be we'll be uh we'll be duck talking to you in the playoffs though I'm, I'm willing to bet on that now i have bet on that now i was about to say you you said you already have I literally have yeah i've, I've, <laughs> I've tacked them on to a couple parlays so we are we are good there all right matt as Alrighty. always we definitely appreciate the time look forward to talking to you next time hell yeah man i'm here anytime you need me absolutely thanks sir thanks matt you bet there he goes man that's uh <laughs> 
That's a tough one-two combo to beat. Yeah, that, that, really, that was a really fantastic tough. set of fans. I know I, I always Oof. say that, but uh, Alex and Matt, great job, both of them. A uh, little long of an episode, but guys, it was worth it. Worth it, absolutely. Absolutely worth it. Uh, there's some hidden gems in, in those interviews, too, if you just kind of skipped around. But, yeah, uh, fantastic job by both of those guys. A very interesting division. I know they both kind of ended up with uh, the same picks there, but uh, I do like the way that this division breaks out. I think it's going to be a yeah. fun division to get through. Uh, and, and I'm kind of with you. We're going to be talking to Matt later in the year. I think so. Uh, we, like I said, we'll be back later in the week. We're going to talk, uh, talk a little Dolphins and Patriots. That will be coming your way on Thursday. I'll uh, preface at the beginning of that show when those interviews were recorded because at this point in time, I have to be fair about it. So Fair is fair. Uh, Ryan, again, like I said, when we did the Facebook Live thing, uh, or, or not even live, we, we <laughs> uploaded the video talking Aaron Rodgers early in the week. What's if you missed live? it, we, uh, we, we talked Aaron Rodgers with the current situation up as we know it to the recording date. Go back and check it out, I guess. Uh, things may have changed. You may have more information <laughs> on it. I don't know, if I'm being honest. But Ryan putting in the work this week, trying to hammer out two divisions. Jam is out, so I'll call him a fuckstick and give Ryan the reprieve until Thursday when we come back and uh, talk the rest of the AFC uh, East. Ooh, I almost said AFC West. Hey, you caught it, you caught it. That finishes. We finish, we finish our things with the AFC West. This has been Just Another Football Show. Bye. See ya.